listening to the PCAST presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin B, the Athletics Department, occasionally the OEC. Thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thanks to our friends at CDE and thanks to you, our listeners. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast as ranked by College Athletics Podcasting Quarterly. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Um, do you want to talk about the Hall of Fame or the Super Bowl first? Um... What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the Hall of Fame because I, um, if for anybody who didn't know or care, probably if you don't care, just hit the uh, forward fifteen seconds button a couple times, and you'll probably be okay. But uh, I'm, I'm going to make this real quick. Derek Jeter was almost unanimously elected to the Hall of Fame yesterday. He was not uh, by one vote, which is great because he was not a unanimous Hall of Famer. Um, he's a very good player, and he played for the New York Yankees, and as such, some people think that makes him a moral arbiter of all those good and right in baseball, and those people are idiots. And apparently, there was one lone soul out there who didn't feel the same way, and God bless that man. He's our hero. For existing. Also, Larry Walker got in on the last ballot, and nobody's arguing about that, or even really calling um, attention to the fact that he was dressed like a member of the SpongeBob SquarePants pit crew when the call came. It's peak Larry Walker. I didn't even know there was peak Larry Walker, but there sure there, was there yesterday. Is now. Yeah, that's we found it. We achieved it. Um <laughs> And other things you're probably going to get tired of hearing about. The Super Bowl's in two weeks. Um, it, it, it pits the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs against one another. Uh, I, a long-suffering Oakland Raiders fan, or Las Vegas Raiders, or Los Angeles, I've been, you know, I've, I've moved more times with that team than I've moved my actual self. Um, I don't care about this game at all. I hope no one wins, and I'm not even going to pretend to care. Um I guess if a gun to my face, I had to pick somebody I wanted to win, it would be the 49ers because just no to the Chiefs all the way down. You sound upset about this Super Bowl. I'm not thrilled. I'm I'm not going to lie. This this hurt my soul very deeply, the so whole you, thing. So you were hoping for uh, Packers-Titans? Not even that. I was hoping for a very clear uh, black hat, white hat, this is the team I hate. This is the team I will root for. So I you wanted like Titans, Niners, or yes. um, Packers, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have that would have been perfect. I've been like, boom. All right, move, all right, move cheer, over everybody. Cheer, I'm cheer on the bandwagon for, for a couple Titans, weeks. Tighten up. Yeah. Or, or go pack go. I wanted one of those yeah. two. Yeah. Make some room. I'm on the bandwagon for a few weeks, and it just didn't all the way down. The didn't turn out that way. Maybe the commercials won't suck. Sam Elliott's singing "Old Town Road" in that preview I saw. I'm very. Confused. I I try to I try to avoid them on principle until I want to I want to get the yeah, element yeah, yeah. I want to get the element of surprise right. as much as possible with the commercials but starting to think I'm not be able to avoid Sammy Elliott singing Old Town Road <laughs> not even singing it's just a it's warbly it's, grunting Old Town Road <laughs> Sam Elliott doing a monologue but the words the script to the monologue is essentially the first verse of Old Town Road and that that sounds it's speak, it's peak Sam Elliott, I was gonna say probably. it's that's that sounds like it's nowhere as good as a Coors Banquet commercial, but it's it's pretty good. I was thinking the monologue at the beginning or end of uh, uh, the Big Lebowski, but that's you've never seen it, have you? No. Anyway, I think we're the another good Sam Elliott is um, we were soldiers when he's a sergeant major. He doesn't have the mustache in that movie though. And I can't. I'm not. I don't like. The I can't lack do of the mustache. Sorry, I can't. Sam Elliott without mustache is not Sam Elliott at all. It's just. That's just good common sense. Hey, we should talk about Austin P. 
We, I guess we can. Yeah. Uh, your Austin P. Governor's men's basketball team now 6-0 in the league after easily dispatching Southeast Missouri and UT Martin on the road last week. The Govs on their first four-game road winning streak since January 2007, which is a very long time ago. Govs also off to a 6-0 record in league play for the first time since 2010-11, which is not as long ago but still quite impressive. Thursday, the Govs crushed SEMO in an 84-59 game that was never particularly close. Terry Taylor got buckets. Carlos Paez handed out assists. The bench blew up for 32 points. Uh, fun time was had by all, except Simo, probably. Everybody else, great times. They didn't seem too happy about it. No, they did not seem thrilled. Rick Ray was apoplectic. Look that word up, kids. Saturday yeah, was a little bit... dictionaries. Yeah, get, get the thesaurus out for that one. Saturday was a little bit different. Taylor didn't have to toss up Herculean numbers, instead existing as just one scoring option among six govs who wound up in double figures. Jordan Adams scored 16 of his career-high 31 points in the first half. To no one's surprise, he'd earn OVC Freshman of the Week honors again for the fifth time, equaling Taylor's freshman campaign total. While Eli Baev scored all 13 of his points in the first half to pace the Gus to a 50-31 lead at the break. UT Martin would occasionally cut the lead down once even into single digits, but that ultimately wound up not mattering terribly much. How many times have the men won a Freshman of the Week in a row? Uh, in a row now, this is... I mean, it's, this is three in a row. Okay, so there was a... This, well, there the, was that weird week where we played Georgia on Monday. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Played like we hadn't played at all the week before. That makes sense. And so... Nobody won that week. Yeah. 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 Nobody got anything that week. Although, honestly, Jordan Adams, Carlos Pies were still the top two freshmen in the league that week, too. They just didn't put up any numbers to back it up. <laughs> The women's team made the same trip to Cape Girardeau and Martin. Uh, it was a rough week for, weekend for the women. They fell Thursday night at Southeast Missouri. So, uh, just going to go on to UT Martin. At UT Martin, the Guzzler lights out from three-point range, shooting 38% and knocking down 12 triples. Maggie Knowles led the way with five threes. Bree Furby and Ella Sawyer each added another three triples, and Tahani Bunnell hit the last one, a buzzer beater tit, in the first four. Uh, but a late UT Martin rally led by OVC Player of the Week, Chelsea Perry, was enough to overcome the Govs' hot shooting, and they fell 65-61 to on the road. Track and field took the first of two pre-indoor championship looks at the facility for the 2020 OVC Indoor Games this last weekend when the Govs competed at the Samford Indoor Clash. Wish they would stick to a name. It's like the third year in a row it's been something else. pair of wins on the track from Sabrina Richmond, the 400 meter, and Lennox Walker in the 60-meter hurdles. Richmond retook the OVC lead in the 400-meter event. Freshman Kenesha Phillips again roared to a third-place finish in the 200-meter and took fourth overall in the 60-meter. She's killing everybody. She's a freshman. That's the first time she's even competed in two events in the same weekend. Just the rest of the OVC should be terrified. Tennis kicked off their season last week. The men got things started with a tough match at Louisville. The Gus fell 4-0 to the Cardinals on the road. They came back to the state of Tennessee to go on the road once again and take on Middle Tennessee State. Uh, the Governors fell 7-0 in that match. Uh, the women's team opened up their season at home against a good Chattanooga team. The Govs dropped the doubles point before Fabian Schmidt, Danielle Morse, and freshman Yana Leader won the 1-2-3 and three singles matches to get the Govs a 3-1 lead. But in the next three singles matches, the Govs fell to the mocks and dropped their first regular season match since April 13, 2018. It's uh, 647 days in between regular season losses, so... Who said Pre that degree wouldn't pay off for you? Pretty good run there for Ross Brown's squad, and the, they're still going to be a good team this year despite that. Chattanooga's a 
They're a good team. You, you don't say. You don't say the, the team that beat it, literally everyone all the literally time everyone. last year is probably still going to be okay. They're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. Okay. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm glad that's your expert opinion as a tennis player. My, my expert tennis opinion says they will be okay. Well, we'll be well shot of Casey's expert tennis opinions. So we'll take a break now and bring in Carly Graham of the volleyball team right after this. Come on. Jesus looking out for you, but is he looking out for me? Tired eyes that hold the tears, burn red till it's hard to see. Body broken to my bones, but my heart's still pumping strong. I've sinned enough for 20 lives, so I'm right where I belong. The sky darkens. It's a long way from... Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, a city whose name I have no doubt I just butchered to smithereens, to Clarksville. But we're glad Carly Graham made it. The sophomore middle blocker, key not only to Austin's successes on the court, but in the sand the last couple of years, will be counted on to take on a more central role over the next two years. But for now, she'll face this challenge. Answering questions from an educated redneck on a cut-rate podcast. Carly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So say the name of your hometown correctly, because <laughs> that was not it. No, it wasn't. But it's closer than other people's. It's Oconomowoc. 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 Okay. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. G- given three dozen chances, I may get it right. <laughs> to begin with, tell me about Chicken the cat. Okay. Chicken is my cat. His real name is Chex, but I randomly just started calling him Chicken. It was completely random. I was taking a Snapchat video of him because he was. He's adorable, so, you know, just trying to capture his essence, and I just randomly called him Chicken, and I thought it was cute, so I just stuck with it, and now he responds to Chicken. (laughs) I thought it was an odd choice for a vegetarian to name a cat after poultry. (laughs) Um, Really, the whole thing is just a a great combination for me, and I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. You are vegetarian, correct? Yes, yes. So, when did you make that choice? Um, It was probably, like, three maybe four years ago now um yeah i just kind of did it because i randomly like stumbled up upon like videos and stuff about you know like how slaughterhouses yeah exactly and it just it made me sad as an animal lover so i could yeah. see how that would turn you off of me yeah. <laughs> um the next thing i was going to bring up is and let me set the stage for people listening by saying that when I asked Taylor Dedman, your roommate, to tell <laughs> yes. me things about you, she started ticking off. Okay, there's chicken the cat. Okay, um, she thinks she can rap. Um, had skin cancer of the foot, like it was just a bullet point on a list, which seemed like she was just sort of glossing over skin cancer of the foot, so I wanted to <laughs> circle back and ask yeah. you a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it wasn't like full-blown skin cancer, um, there were just, like, skin cancerous cells, and if I didn't get it taken care of, then it would have eventually become um, full-blown skin cancer. And so it was just, like, the weirdest thing. I was actually talking about this a little bit ago. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long ago it was. I think I was, like, maybe six, seven. So I was young, and my mom says that it started off as, like, a mosquito bite kind of looking on my foot. And then... I don't remember exactly when I noticed it, but one day it just completely, like, it was, like, a big red, like, kind of looked like a blood blister. Yeah. How terrifying is that when you really don't know what's going on? 
I mean, I was I was young and I didn't have any idea what it was. I didn't even know exactly what cancer was because I just was a kid living my life, having a great time. Um, but we went to the dermatologist, just asked like what it was, and the dermatologist she just like kind of uh, shaved it off, and then she sent it in to be looked at and it came back that there were cancerous cells and then she recommended me to a surgeon and yeah that's but way simpler than i thought the answer yeah. to the question would be <laughs> yeah um since i was so young and i didn't really understand my biggest concern was not being able to play basketball for a few weeks so yeah i really didn't understand the severity but now like being educated and knowing about it i definitely try to watch out for that and take care of it so your mom played college basketball, right? Yes, yeah, at Colorado State. Does she ever regale you with stories about how great it was back in her day and how <laughs> easy you kids have it now? Uh, sometimes, not maybe necessarily like with um, like sports, but um, yeah, she'll talk about it like with technology and how it's a lot simpler now to pass and get good grades because of the internet. What got you into volleyball in the first place? Um, so, being that my mom played college basketball, I always knew about basketball. I kind of started playing it, like, right away. My mom also played softball, like, in a group of some friends, and so I would always go to her games, and I started playing off, like, t-ball and then baseball and softball, and randomly one day my mom came home because she worked at the YMCA, and she saw a flyer for volleyball. And she was like, do you maybe want to play volleyball? And I was like, what's volleyball? Like, I had no clue what it was. And she kind of just described it. She's like, oh, you know, like, have you ever seen girls, like, passing a ball up against the wall, like, in the gym? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And so, yeah, I was just like, I'll do it just because I was up for anything. So. That, I mean, I guess it worked out for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the future look like in terms of gender equity in collegiate sports? Where um, where do we go to get the women's sports the kind of support that they deserve? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, right now, I think it's probably the best that it has been, but that's obviously there's still so many issues, and I think it really also depends on like the sports too. Um, but. I think it's also because it's like as a society, people more so tend to gravitate towards like the men's sports. So they're the ones bringing in all that money. So that means that then they're able to buy better equipment, better, um, like they're able to put more use to what they bring. So, yeah. How do you prep for a game? Um, personally, I... I don't really do anything. I just kind of have some superstitions. So like I'll try to put on like I'll put on a knee pad and then I'll put on a shoe and then I'll put on the other knee pad and then a shoe. Um, I'll I tend to not like to wear like whites, like no white scrunchies. Um, we have to wear white socks, but um, why no white? I <laughs> so in high school, um, whenever I would play like with white socks on or. Um, like a white scrunchie or a white headband or something, I always played my worst. So I just kind of, I was just like, oh, it was just the scrunchie or the socks. So I've gotten over that with the white socks, but not the headband or scrunchie yet. So, Gotcha. 
Why is there bench in volleyball if none of you <laughs> ever bother to sit on it? Um, I don't. I actually don't know. I think it's just in case we want to sit. <laughs> like we have that option. But I mean, with the games getting so heated and rowdy, you always just want to stand up and cheer and really get into the game. Give me a breakdown of club volleyball versus beach volleyball, or not club versus beach, club versus high school, oh. and the differences in the level of play and the structure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for uh, for club volleyball, it's very much like you're in it to potentially go to college. Like, you are wanting to fight and compete. You're also wanting to get to nationals and win the national championship. So it's very, you might not have as many practices, but you have quality practices. You have tough tough coaching. Um, You really have to prep yourself. You kind of have to change like your lifestyle in a sense that you need to make good choices. Like you really need to be hydrating every day, maybe working out, maybe working on things um, in between practices. And that's not to say that you shouldn't do that for high school, but it's just, High school is a little bit slower. Um, it's not... Your really teammates may not have the same goals yeah. as you do. Yeah, exactly. And you're looking for a state championship versus, like, a nationals championship. Um, I was lucky enough to be, like, in a big, like, a bigger high school. And we had good coaches. We had we had people that played club volleyball. And so I had a pretty pleasant experience with both. But... When I was researching you, I came across a thing that was describing Wisconsin Mm -hmm. as a volleyball hotbed. Mm -hmm. Give me your take on that, because I obviously don't (laughs) know at all. (laughs) So, yeah, so up in Wisconsin, we have, like, so many different types of clubs. We have Milwaukee Sting, which is, like, one of the top clubs in the nation. Um, There's also, like, Premier. There's a bunch of other, like, highly ranked clubs and um, there's also men's volleyball clubs too so then you get both women and men playing and I guess it's just a bigger thing up north like for volleyball and it's very it's taken very seriously but maybe not so much for beach yeah (laughs) yeah that's probably more because of the weather although I have been realizing that there are some colleges in Wisconsin that do have beach but I'm assuming that they have like an indoor facility or something because it's it's pretty cold. Why is it important the beach is expanding as rapidly as mm-hmm. it is at the collegiate level? Because it's really blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really important. I think beach is so much fun. I think it's different. It's a good experience, like, I think for anyone, for whether you're doing it, like, seriously to, like you've been playing it all your life, or if you're indoor and you're just trying to work on having like a higher IQ, because I think that that's what I've noticed is since playing beach, I'm able to notice more things. Because um, in beach, you only have two players, so then you're looking more for shots and places to put the ball and trying to be effective or more effective like with the ball. Why Austin P? Um, so I I don't know why, but whenever I was like ever since I was young I really gravitated to like country music and like down to the south but I'd never like been I'd only been to like Florida and also because I don't really like the cold even though I live in like the coldest state in the U.S. 
So I really liked I really liked the weather and the atmosphere. And for volleyball, I remember coming here and right away, like all the girls, they lined up and they gave me a hug. And so that was just a really good feel. And I felt like there was a strong family atmosphere here, which was really important to me. I'm very sorry that you don't like the cold considering it's like four <laughs> degrees outside today and it's freezing in this yeah. building all the time. What is your favorite word? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, probably chicken. Just because, <laughs> I don't know, I say it a lot. and The vegetarian's favorite yeah. word is chicken. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Hmm. Oh, I don't like yummy. I don't like that. I don't know. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> well, who or what inspires you? Um, I'd say my mom does a lot, especially being that ever since I was young, I really tried like following in her footsteps. Even now as an adult, we're I'm trying to follow like the same career path that she's in. So Really? What she do? Um, she was a therapist and I'm going to be a social worker. Yeah. Nice. Mhm. What is the last book you read for fun? Uh, for fun. Oh my gosh, that must have been like in third grade or something. It's probably like a Geronimo Stilton book or something. A dr- who? <laughs> it's like a little, he's like a little mouse and, or a rat, I'm not exactly sure. But it's like a cartoon book and then it uses all these different fonts. It's definitely for kids, like to keep them interested in reading. Didn't but. seem to work for you. <laughs> no. What is your worst habit? Oh, biting my nails. It's so bad. I don't know why. Just whenever I'm bored or stressed, it's, yeah. You know, you have to use your hands a lot for volleyball. I know. I know. What app on your phone gets the most use? How it gets the most use? What app? Oh, what app? Mm, Maybe like YouTube or Netflix. Probably YouTube because I look up a lot of stuff like how to do stuff yeah i'm same way yeah what's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in oh goodness um i had a lot but a lot of the times i didn't know that i was in a terrifying situation (laughs) you didn't find out till after (laughs) the fact (laughs) yeah i can't i don't know exactly yeah because most of the time it was like after oh well when i was little um, I was very stubborn and I thought that I could do everything. And I remember like, I've always loved water and I was like, I can swim. I swear I can swim. And my parents were like, no, you can't. And I was doing like the lily pads, like where I, like where you had to hang on and then try and step on like over them. And I slipped because I didn't really know how to do it. And my parents were in the water, obviously, but they're not lifeguards. So it's not like they could really do anything. And I swore I was swimming, and the lifeguard jumped in, brought me out, and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why would you take me out? And he was like, oh, okay. He was like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, yeah, I was swimming. And I was so embarrassed and mad because I was like, now my parents are for sure going to say that I can't swim. But, yeah, looking back, looking back, I probably was drowning. But since <laughs> I was so stubborn, I still, I still feel like I was swimming. What is your idea of happiness? I think it's being content. Like, just being content with the way everything is and, yeah, just, like, not having any regrets. What's your idea of misery? 
uh, um, probably always searching for more and never like being, never being satisfied like with what you have. What makes you self-conscious? Mm, so I'm a perfectionist. So anytime that I do something wrong, it makes me really self-conscious. Like it really takes a stab at my ego. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most embarrassing song you love? Most embarrassing song. Um. Hmm. I'm really trying to think. I don't know if any of them are embarrassing. Maybe some people would think they are. But. Maybe like addicted to my ex or something. Have you heard that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I remember in high school we would always like listen to that and get pumped up. So. I think it's just like the memories from that. But. How would you prefer to die? Probably like in my sleep. Uh, maybe like a heart attack in my sleep so I wouldn't feel it. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Definitely something in the ocean. I'm between a stingray and a, and, um, a sea otter. But probably a sea otter because they're, they're just the best. Adorable. Yeah. What might prompt you to lie? Probably trying to save people's feelings that or no it's probably that because <laughs> i can't lie so what do you mean you can't lie i just i'm so bad at it like if i'm lying you will know so <laughs> what makes you hopeful i think like with life or in general just like, i think seeing people do great things like it just makes me really inspired and hope that like the future is just going to be great like I know everyone is always like oh like life in a few years is going to be awful but I don't know looking at all the things that people are doing today and how they're striving to make the world better that gives me hope what is our purpose in life I think that's exactly our purpose in life is that we're always trying to find it and look for it because we're always searching and what if you get to the end and you haven't found anything (laughs) You probably, I don't know, maybe then just to be content (laughs) and just hope that you didn't, like, you have no regrets. You still got a couple years left here. Mm -hmm. You've kind of got your future mapped out a little bit when it comes to social work. But what are your goals? What are your ambitions? What do you hope to get out of not just the rest of your time at Austin Mm Peay, but life in general? Yeah. Um, I think, like, really importantly, just learning how to communicate with all different types of people. I think especially being on a team where there's a bunch of different personalities and stuff and coaches with different personalities and people in classes and professors. I think it's just really, that's what I would really like to get out of this is just really learning how to communicate with everyone and no matter what their personality or their beliefs. That's a really specific goal. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's just most people are like, I just want to get out of here and be done so I can (laughs) get on with my real life. But, like, you've got an actual plan of something you want to do. Yeah, I think it'd be really helpful, too, for, like, what I'm looking to be as an occupation. So Yeah, no doubt. Well, Carly, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it.
Thanks to Carla Graham for taking a few minutes out of her busy week as everybody back on campus with school starting this week, busy week, uh, numerous sports kicking off training to go along with the class schedule. Men's basketball back in the done this weekend. The Guzz going to face their biggest challenge to date when Tennessee State and Belmont come calling. Tennessee State is going to get buckets. The Tigers are among the nation's top 100 in scoring field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage and strengthen that with interior defending 85 blocks, 39th nationally, and an edge in rebounding at plus 6.5 for the season. The Tigers are careless with the ball, though, committing nearly 17 turnovers per night and commit nearly 22 fouls per game, both marks ranking among the nation's bottom 15. Making TSU pay at the line and in points off turnover will be a key to victory for the Govs, as will the status of Wesley Harris, a West Virginia transfer who has missed the last two games for TSU due to injury. The Tigers are without Harris. Uh, they don't have one of the pieces that really make them go, and that would be huge for the Govs. Belmont, still Belmont. Rick Bird may have finally retired, but the Bruins, after a frankly shocking loss to SIUE in the conference opener, have righted the ship and been on a mission to prove they are more the team that spanked Boston College in Western Kentucky during non-conference and less the team that got handed a 10-point loss to a 4-15 SIUE team at home on January 2nd. Grayson Murphy, Nick Musinski, and Adam Kunkel have the Bruins right in the thick of contention. The Govs have never beaten Belmont under head coach Matt Figger and will need to do so at some point to prove their legitimacy across the league. The women are going to take on Tennessee State and Belmont as well. Uh, the Tigers have yet, the Lady Tigers have yet to be the Division One opponent this season, which, in my opinion, makes them a dangerous team because they're going to be fighting hard for that first one. Um, the ti Lady Tigers don't shoot the three-point shot particularly well, and they struggle to score at times. But they're a quick team that's all over the court because they rank second in the OVC in steals, so they're going to look to turn the Govs over, which. The Govs have been prone to do with their fast-paced offense. Belmont, um, they're exactly like you would think a Belmont team would be. Nine of 13 players are six foot tall. The short score on the team is 5'7". So they're, gonna, they're a big team. They're going to shoot a high percentage, and they're going to get theirs. You just have to – you want to try and run them off the court. They're led by preseason OVC Player of the Year, Ellie Harmeyer. Uh, the senior forward's just a walking double-double. She ranks third in the OVC in scoring, averaging 17.2 a game, and leads the league in rebounding, averaging 10.8 boards a game. Bruin so she's like the Terry Taylor of the women's half of this league. She is. Oh, yeah. The Bruins are 10-7 on the season. They're off to a 5-1 start in league play. Uh, Govs need these wins this weekend. Track Ville back in the lab for another weekend. The Govs make what's becoming a regular trek to Huntington, West Virginia for the Thundering Herd Invitational hosted by Marshall. Last season, the Govs placed third as a team at this event. A trio of Govs made the 60-meter hurdle finals, and both Lennox Walker and Camille Dunbar will be around to have a go at repeating that performance. Battling illness, Tymethe Tolbert still won the 60-meter dash here a year ago and was two hundredths of a second off the school record. Sabrina Richmond won the 400-meter here last year. She'll probably do it again this year. We really should not overlook her greatness. And Kanisha Phillips will probably do something pretty cool again. That's just kind of become tradition for her. The women's tennis team is going to hit the road for the first time this weekend with a pair of matches in Conway, Arkansas. First, the girls will take on the homestanding Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas. And then they're going to square off with uh, the Southern Arkansas Mule Riders. It's quite a nickname. Quite a lot of nicknames at that. The Governors, the Sugar Bears, and the Mule Riders. Yeah, Governors is kind of the, the normal. Yeah. Um, the men's team is going to wrap up a three-match road trip at Lipscomb Friday night before they return to the Governor's Tennis Center for a home opener against Chattanooga on Saturday. 
Hall of Fame night is Friday night. We'll be inducting four new faces. Derek Wright, Vanya Tomic, Melissa Gailey-Lucky, and Melton Self. Congrats to them, and looking forward to a night of reminiscing about their collective greatness. Haley Jacoby, for your community service opportunity. She has everything you need for that. You know the usual haunts at this point. Get out there and do some good for the community. There's a couple of things coming up. A resume workshop for juniors is next Wednesday at Fort Terra Stadium, while all sophomores will have a finance workshop on February 5th. Get in touch and stay in touch with us via the web and social media. Casey, do that thing that you do where you tell people you how to do that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, and you can follow along on Facebook on the official account of Austin P Athletics at Austin P Governors. Uh, shout out to Eric and Robin and Digital Media for all the digital media stuff they do. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself over at Let's Go P.com. We've got dates, news, stories, um, podcast actually as well um, if you're looking for that kind of thing basically anything that you would like to see regarding Austin P Athletics any little bit of information you'd like to find out it's over there the guys are finally back at the Dunn Center for basketball again uh, that's pretty cool and neat uh, you're going to need tickets to come support them this weekend they're pretty good and fun to watch so you should do that and how are you going to get your tickets you're going to get in contact with our ticket gurus Katie Locke and her assistant Johnny Utah they have all the information you can use to get in the game Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Pitch us your terrible Super Bowl commercial ideas. No idea is terrible for us. Sam Elliott, though. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.